Episode 29, Christian. Yeah? Can you believe we're at episode 29? And, and what, a, what a week. This amazing news, I think to most people, I would think, uh, about our new president, president-elect. How did that, has that affected your sleep? Did you get less sleep in the last few days because of that? Well, the night of the election, I didn't really sleep. How about you? Did you sleep? Uh, yeah, in and out, in and out. I mean, it's been hard with all these conventions and the stuff, the, the uh, 245 Trump talk and then the 12 something 30 Biden. So you have, so your sleep has been fine. Un- undisturbed. So I have been using my niece's book, Easy Sleep Solutions, 74 Best Tips for Better Sleep Health. And the one that I was really trying the most of was No Sounds at Night. That's number 39. One surefire way to make sleeping difficult is to be in a noisy environment when you're trying to sleep. Depending on who is in your family or who your neighbors are, it can be hard to maintain silence. Sounds usually disturb. So no sounds at night in New York City. Tell me how that is possible. I mean, maybe try to soundproof your, your apartment. I've tried you- that in my old place. They don't, soundproofing does never 100% guarantee. A noise machine. Have you used a noise machine that sort of drowns out the sound? I don't know. I've not tried a noise machine. That's I have one. I, 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 you know, most therapists use them. I have one. Okay. Well, listen. We today we have two guests. One of which was uh, was from you. Well, I've always been interested in hypnosis, and I've been really wanting to get a, uh, the perspective of a hypnosis in regard to you and your sleep situation. And when I was at a coffee shop in Brooklyn, I saw a, a business card for a hypnotist, and I reached out to Mitsu. And she so generously was happy to participate in this podcast. So yeah, we're very, very thrilled to have a, a real hypnotist with us. And then um, this gentleman's wife was a student of mine at Marymount College, a phenomenal singer and performer. And so I got to speak to him through her. Um, so we have Mitsu and Scott. So can you, Mitsu, can you start and tell us very briefly about who you are and what you do? I thank you for having me, Stephen, and everybody. Nice to meet you. And I'm, my name is Mitsu Emeg, M-I-T-S-U, like a Mitsubishi, and then E-M-I-G. That's my last name. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, person who, that, who uses hypnosis. However, I have a psychology background. I have a MSW, Master of Social Work, too. And then also, I'm a speaker, too, and then I'm a published uh, book author, too. Yes. yes. Thank you. So Scott, tell us a little bit about your background and um, what you work on right now. Yes, so I'm a trained chiropractor, a doctor of chiropractic. I've got a postdoctorate degree in functional neurology, and which is really a fancy way of saying brain and body rehabilitation. So we work with strokes and concussions and learning disorders and all the sensory motor things that go into how your brain and your body work together. And then I've got a diverse background in kind of functional or integrative medicine, which would be neurotransmitters and hormones and inflammatory food, diet and gut. And that's probably the angle that we use most often for insomniacs is neurotransmitters and hormones. Wow. So the question I was, what exactly is happening in our brain when we sleep? The good news is, Christian and Stephen, that we know most of those pathways pretty well and the various parts of the central nervous system and the brainstem that are used in wakefulness, but also sleepy time, which is really just shutting down some of the more active wakefulness, they're called nuclei, and so that you're not overexcited. Now, in order to do that, you use all different fun neurochemistry 
to do that. So you use things like serotonin and GABA and melatonin and norepinephrine and all these fancy neurochemicals that ultimately take you out of wakefulness and put you into a sub-wakefulness calm state that allows the sleep to happen. I don't want to oversimplify it, but at the same time, we've known those pathways pretty well for the better part of two, three decades. And then the question becomes, well, so what do we want to do? Do we want to exercise parts of the brain that ultimately bring about calmness? Do we want to look at chemistry tests? Then maybe we can take some supplements and build up various chemicals to see if that brings about calmness. Do we want to do mindfulness? Do we want to do hypnosis? These are all opportunities for us to decrease our, what's called your reticular activating system, your wakefulness centers, and decrease those to allow yourself to drift off into the various four stages of sleep. So somebody like myself who's had issues with sleep and gone to sleep uh, could go to you? Absolutely. And, you know, I practiced in New York for 10 years, and now we're in, in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is home for my wife and I. But in New York, you know, you would get these people that call up and they were so angry as insomniacs and they would say, don't you dare tell me to start journaling and sniff lavender and all that other stuff. I'm not going to do it anymore. You better come up with something new right now or I'm not coming into that office. So yeah, you would be more of the functional medicine approach to an insomniac and we would test neurotransmitters and hormones at night to see what we could do to boost you up and balance you out in terms of your chemistry so that you're not in fight or flight mode. You're in more rest and digest mode and sleeping well. That's very, uh, that's very cool. Mitsu, tell me about your weight loss and if that weight loss had an effect on your practice of hypnotism and if that weight loss also affected dealing with other people who have sleep issues. Of course. There is a stress and then we do whatever the things we love to do. Mine was eating. And then eating is a very, very easy access because like everywhere, food is everywhere. So then you start, you know, comforting yourself, you know, when you have a stress, then you just over it. So that's what happened. Did that sudden weight loss affect your practice of hypnotism or affect how you dealt with people with sleep issues? Yes. When my outside changed in that sense, that means that my inside is like dramatically changed, of course, because, you know, you can't change what, you know, outside because all the other people who are in that, you know, weight loss program and then they lose and then they relapse, right? Mm-hmm. But it would keep it out. So that means you had to clean it. You know, you had to, you had to have a relaxed mind to do so. See, I worked on my negativity and then I cleaned up my house. So that's why I went back to the field. I understand exactly like what's going on to those people and then like how to help people. Yeah, yeah that's great. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Scott, I was wondering how much of what we watch and read affects our mental health? Okay, so here's my theory on this, but it's not backed up by peer-reviewed literature. I think that if you read things in general, the speed with which you take that information in and process it is much less stressful than if you watch it on video, which is why news channels these days with constant red flashing banners just take our poor little fight or flight nervous system and ramp it through the roof and it ruins things like attention and digestion and immune system and sleep. So I always encourage people, if you need to be a total news junkie, try to find ways to read it versus always watch it because it'll just slow down that little fight or flight brainstem and make for a happier brain and a happier night's sleep. The effects of social media too, I'm quite interested in too. Yeah. Uh, Me too. Um, Yes. What do dreams tell us about ourselves? Dreams are a lot because you know what? There is a conscious and subconscious, right? You're awake, it's a conscious state. 
So then it conscious, you control your thoughts and then all that. If, if you have something that you don't want to think about, you suppress it, right? What brain want to do is like brain want to process whatever the things like uneasy for yourself. So it means like your conscious is out in your sleep. So that means your brain will work on that, you know. So it means that, you know, you suppress your feelings, whatever the things in conscious, then, then it will appear in your dream. So then we are, you know, naturally processing in the conversation. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Scott, you know, excuse me, were you raising a family and you have a, a huge practice and you're dealing with people who have sleep issues. Do you find that some of that rubs off of you and your wife or your kids? I think if you are at all a sympathetic or empathetic practitioner, people will rub off on you and you need to do a good job at the end of the day, at least this is what I do, is just kind of thanking the office for taking care of everybody today and leave it at the office until the next day. That's often easier said than done. And so I just make sure that I'm very much in touch with the people that are on my mind if I'm a little concerned about it, and that helps me. I will tell you that thanks to following my own chemistry support concepts that we use with people for energy and mood and sleep, I tend to sleep probably six out of seven of the nights a week like a rock star. I mean, I am just, I'm very happy with those sleep protocols. But there are individuals who, if you tend to be a little more anxious, you probably tend to think about those things in the middle of the night and process those things at a different rate than someone who can just let them be. So there's lifestyle mechanisms that you can do to get try to get around that. And I think journaling before bed is a key one just to dump that brain on the paper and let that be for the night. Well, that's uh, a good idea. But personality plays into it. Personality always plays into it. There are people, I, in general, in this practice, if you can sleep five out of the seven nights a week, pretty darn well, meaning about seven hours a night, you're doing great in this stressful world. That's my rule. Wow. Me too. What about you? Does it rub off on you? Do you dealing with patients and stuff like that in your own sleep issues? Well, I mean, I sleep very well, seven hours a day, probably. I mean, more and more, I work on my own issues, then, then you know, I sleep better and better. You know, just before going into the sleep, you tap into your subconscious state. So actually, when you are in the hypnotized state and then you sleep, it's going to be the best sleep ever. So I have a question, Mitsu. Yeah. In what ways can Steven, Alice, or anyone for that matter listening, tap into those, that subconscious hypnosis state before sleep to ensure that we get a good night's sleep. Does anybody uh, have a meditation or anything? I've been doing meditation lately. Yes. It's really close to meditation. So it, it, it depends on how deep you go, but you know, it's, it's pretty much subconscious in your meditation. So it means that you have to relax yourself. You know, what I do is like an induction that I use like the you know, ocean wave sound and then parts by parts, like I relax my clients and then all that. And then mind relaxation. So just count the numbers from backwards, you know, 10, 19, and you know, you just do it in anesthesia, right? So that's the mind relaxation. So you just do the relaxation. You just part, parts by parts, you know, your body. I recommend it from your face because actually the face has a lot of like uh, muscles and nerves. If you relax your face, that means your body is likely to get relaxed too. Okay. So then after that, you count the numbers backwards and then you're going to, you should be able to go there. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right. Well, this has been fabulous. I know. <laughs> have we solved nothing? No, but I'll tell you, I either can go, I can go now to visit Scott because I can deal with my neurotransmitters or I can go, go and get more meditation from Mitsu or I can actually just go visit Alice and we can both have be insomniacs together. And there we go. She's yawning now. Um, all right. So before we sign off, I want to do something kind of original if possible. I would like to ask both of our guests because but we always have singing, but they, they're not real singers. I'd love to find out, Scott, if you could pick a song that you would want to sing that's either sleep related or maybe even holiday related, what would it be? All right. So I, I thought about this a little bit. And from a holiday perspective, sleep song, one of my family's favorite movies every year is White Christmas. And in there is Count Your Blessings, which is a song about someone who can't fall asleep and they count their blessings instead of worrying about things. If you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep. And it is hands down, that whole movie, we sit there every year and watch it once or twice every December as a family. And we even have a small theater here in Wisconsin that plays holiday classics all of December, so we go there if we have a chance to, of course. That we heard happen. that song last, last, our last podcast. Yes, Irving Berlin. My favorite sleep holiday song, so count your blessings. Uh, me too. What yeah. about you? I like the song of like Santa Claus is coming to town. excitement and then like over excited and then you go to sleep like a kid so that's the, that that's the plan that's right that's excellent <laughs> it's very true um listen this has been great uh, this has been very informative i took notes and uh, i want to thank our guests mitsu and scott you can go to my website which is your best sleeping that's just a sleep one and there's kind of my top you know 10 brain tricks as far as lifestyle goes and so that's a fun one yourbestsleeping.com if you want to get in touch with me too her website is mitsuny.com that's mitsuny.com and we can learn more about her story her background and hypnotherapy and how it works guys thank you so much hope you all enjoyed it don't forget to follow us on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify and on iTunes. Stay awake with Silverstein. See you next time. See you in December. Stay awake with Silverstein. Sit back, don't nap, and listen to Neurotics Yap. You'll never find him catching Z's. He's always at the piano.